Hey everyone, well, welcome to Stutter Talk, episode 662, the Do Vaccinations Cause Stuttering edition, or perhaps more appropriately, we could just call this How to Speak to Parents or How to Empathize with Parents. I am Peter Reitzes, and I'm here with my good buddy, my friend, my mentor, Dr. Robert Quiesel. Bob, the expert Quiesel. Hey, Bob. <laughs> Hi, Peter. How are you? <laughs> I'm great. Uh, Bob is well known to the listeners of Stutter Talk. He's a professor emeritus of communication sciences and disorders at Western Illinois University. Bob's a person who stutters and a fellow of the American Speech Language Hearing Association and a retired board certified specialist in fluency and fluency disorders. How is retirement going, Bob? Wonderful. I, I just uh, celebrated my fifth fifth anniversary of retirement uh, about two weeks ago. So it just it's just flown flown by. It's really amazing how how uh, how much uh, faster life goes when you're not having to deal with bullshit on a continuous basis. <laughs> oh, great! I got to bleep something out already. <laughs> okay, sorry about that. No, it's okay. I can't believe it was five years ago. Wow. Yeah. yeah yep. Wow. Uh, and as I mentioned, I'm Peter Reitzis. I'm a person who stutters, a speech language pathologist, and I'm president and host of Stutter Talk. So, Bob, the reason I am so inspired to have you on was from a recent Facebook post I saw for a group here in, in North Carolina of all parents. And this is a group that's probably close to 10,000 members. And it's not like Twitter. It's usually a fairly polite group, even when there's disagreements, although things can get heated at times. So here was a post from about a week ago. Hi, parents. Three weeks ago, my son had his hepatitis A shot and exactly 10 days later, out of nowhere, he started stuttering. It comes and goes, and then there are times he can say a word 10 times and never actually gets the word out. He turns three soon, and I'm looking for recommendations. So this person appears to have stated as fact that their child is stuttering because of a vaccination. So before we get into the nit and gritty of this, in a word, Bob, do we have evidence that vaccinations cause stuttering? Uh, no, I, I would say no. And I agree with you. Um, what concerns me more is how we approach speaking with a parent with such a thought or question or assumption. So as you might imagine, uh, um, a lot of parents jumped in and just said no that's not true. Vaccinations don't cause stuttering. In fact, there, there was essentially three categories of responses. The vaccines don't cause stuttering, that stuttering is normal, don't worry about it, <laughs> um, which is troubling. And perhaps a little more troubling is trust your instinct, mama, and be open to the possibility that the vaccine did cause or contribute <laughs> to stuttering. So, of course, it's all well-meaning. No one's out to, to hurt anyone's child or anything like that or to be mean to another parent. But where would you start with this, with, with the parent who says or assumes the vaccine caused stuttering in her almost three-year-old child? Well, certainly I, I think that the, that the first, the first um, thought 
would probably be the the oh oh no that that doesn't that's not true that you know in other words the sort of the sort of teacher um, expert uh, sort of uh, role that you want to take on would would be to sort of inform the parent well that's not correct let's move on from there but but again I think that that that's not. I think what you, what what you learn over 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 time is that um, that's not the way you want to approach things. I think that that's not not that does, that does, that doesn't want to be your first your first um, strategy. Let's, let's let's sort of put put it that way. Um, and as you and I have talked about it a number of times on this show, you know the whole idea about having having empathy, and I've talked about empathy more for like having empathy for the person who stutters and and approaching stuttering from that perspective. But it certainly applies as well when you're trying to approach a parent of a kid who stutters. You know, it's like help help to or try to understand where the parent's coming from and find a way to sort of guide that parent to the correct information without your first response being, no, you're wrong. Um, because I think what that does is it makes the parent feel bad. It puts them on the defensive. Um, it It's not a productive way to begin the conversation. Yeah, I agree with you. And I just, so some of the responses from parents, I'll just read you three uh, short quotes. So one parent, so when the parent said their child started stuttering because of a vaccination, one parent responded, yeah, not a thing. Uh, <laughs> and nobody saw that as like rude. Like nobody said, hey, that's a little dismissed. Like, so I agree vaccinations don't cause stuttering, but right. I don't love the tone of yeah, not a thing. Um, <laughs> one person wrote, don't call stuttering. And like 85 people clicked like, like everybody liked that, <laughs> that comment. And one person write, wrote, there's no correlation, period. There is zero evidence they, meaning vaccines, cause stuttering. And I don't think we're disagreeing with that at all. I think we agree with that. But there's something about the lack of empathy and understanding. So right, I'm going to share right. something with you and you tell me if you think I'm onto something here. To me, saying that that my child is about three years old and they had a vaccination and they just started stuttering a few days later. Isn't that very similar to the parent who says, my child's three years old. Uh, she just fell off a bike. I should have been watching her, but I wasn't watching her enough. And then she started stuttering a few days later. Uh, is it my fault? I mean, isn't a vaccination thought very similar to we went on vacation and my child started stuttering? Did I cause it? Like, aren't parents always looking to attach something to the stuttering in a way to sort of blame themselves? Oh, sure, sure. I mean, I think that that's very uh, not not just in stuttering, but I think in, in most things, you know. But yeah, I, th I think I think that that's the idea. The reason that the the parent is reaching out is is they probably want some sort of reassurance that that they didn't do something wrong. You know, in other words, the idea was, did the vaccination cause the stuttering? Um, and I, again, I think that maybe the parent does want to be told that no, it the, the vaccination and the stuttering are two different things. But as I say, it, it's not. The, not the information you deliver; it's the way the the way the information is delivered that makes the difference. Um, 
you know, again, just to say, oh, not not a thing, or you know, you're full of baloney, or whatever it might be. You know, I, that that's that that sort of gives the parents the information that they that they probably want to know, but probably not in the way that they would like to to hear it. You know, <laughs> so I I think that's the issue. Yeah, and it felt a little bit. So reading all the comments and just all the comments saying no vaccinations don't cause stuttering it seemed a little ganging up on the parent like there did seem to be a lot of lack of empathy yeah yeah and i and i can imagine the parent feeling very defensive about that and my guess is because vaccines are so in the news now i mean you know it, it kills me when when you read on Facebook that, uh, oh, my son is autistic because of a vaccine. You know, the, I find that type of information very troubling. Yeah. So I imagine this parent is, is, uh, is attaching the vaccine to the stuttering because it was something that it's in the news. And, you know, when they think, oh, my son started stuttering, what's happened in the last 10 days? Oh, we had a vaccine. It could. I, I think it could have just easily have been. Oh, my husband and I had a big argument, and and he heard that, um, or oh, he fell off the bed, uh, or oh, yeah, something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it, when you when you and I were, were talking about do, do, doing do, doing the show when we were when we were uh, messaging back and forth, I I was thinking about a number of years ago when I, when I worked in in Plattsburgh, New York, and this is probably thirty years ago now. There was a very interesting semester where within probably a few weeks or a few months, there were three different parents who brought their kids in who stuttered. And all of them told us that the child stuttered because he or she had been scared by a vacuum cleaner. <laughs> and we and we developed the va vacuum cleaner theory of stuttering because and it was it was really it was really kind of kind of eerie. It was like it was kind of strange that why all of a sudden were there was the were the there are these three parents who all decided that their kids stuttered because of a vacuum. And I'd never heard that before. And I've never heard it since. But 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 in this one period of time there were three different parents who whose kid was scared by a, by a vacuum cleaner and that's what caused stuttering, you know? And again, you don't just you don't say, "Oh, that's crazy." You, you know, you 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 find a way to sort of nuance it a bit, let the parents know that that's not very likely. There may be other reasons, you know, and you may even sort of explain to the parent that you know we often do look for causal links that may not truly be 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 causal, and you know, often worrying about causes sort of you know prevents us from looking at the issue as it exists right now and working on it solving the problem right now because whatever the cause might have been there's nothing we can do to go back and undo that cause and so maybe it's better to look at the at the now and the future and say well this is where we are right now and let's move ahead and again you don't do that like in a in a in a ham-fisted way sort of the way i just tried to explain it but but you do it in a way that sort of you you nuance it and you sort of help the parent to understand that looking for those those causal linkages that may or may not exist is really not very helpful because it there's nothing you can do to go back and undo that thing. You can't turn the vacuum cleaner off, for example. You know, you've already it's already been on. Your child got frightened. It didn't cause stuttering. You know, but even if it that's what caused it, you you can't go back and turn the vacuum cleaner off and, and undo that event. You know, so see, I I I that's great advice. Um, the way I responded was I came in late to the conversation and I shared that. Parents often try to, in my experience, 
parents often try to attach something to the onset of stuttering. So it's not surprising that one might try to attach a vaccination to the onset of stuttering. And then I mentioned that there has been an increase in vaccinations throughout the world, but there hasn't been a concomitant increase in cases of stuttering. So I tried to put some logic in there that I, in a respect, <laughs> well, in a respectful way, you know, yeah, right, 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 and, right, yeah. and say we have an increase in vaccination rates, but we don't have an increase in stuttering rates. And I also pointed out that while we have an increase in vaccination rates, we don't have an increase in persistent stuttering. So we still have high numbers of children recovering from stuttering without treatment. And that hasn't changed with vaccinations as far as we know. So I thought Uh bringing in some logic like that might be helpful, especially since no one else was saying anything like that. Right. No, the, 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 the only reason that, that, that I chuckled there is when, when you mentioned logic and the internet in the same sentence, it's, it just, it, those two things often don't, don't, don't go together. So that's why I chuckled when right. you mentioned bringing well, in logic to the discussion. See, so. Well, yeah. And this is a group where a lot of people on the group know each other because it is for locals only. So the, people are generally respectful. It is a group that considers itself very woke. Uh, I do not think this conversation was as woke as people think they are. Um, because again, it just, I don't think anyone intended it to be, but it was very dismissive. Uh, so let me share something. So, in addition to uh, no vaccination didn't cause stuttering, there is this real current of stuttering is normal. So, here are just some of the quotes that came up, and some of the people writing this were speech therapists. Like some of the people wrote in and said, I'm a speech language pathologist. Um, So here are the quotes. Totally normal, that meaning stuttering, totally normal. Totally typical, 100% normal. So 100% normal that a three-year-old would stutter. Uh, Just don't make a big deal out of it when he does, basically ignore it. I think stuttering phases are pretty common with little kids, but check with your doctor. I have decades, this is an interesting one. I have decades of research and two decades of clinical experience to back me up. It's a perfectly normal developmental phase at this age. Do we, do you think it's helpful to tell a parent who's concerned about stuttering that their child's stuttering is totally normal, is perfectly normal? What do you think of that? Well, I mean, uh, I mean, I used to often tell parents that it wasn't uncommon for children to go through a period of disfluency, and so as as a result, um, maybe you know, just because the child was disfluent didn't mean that they were going to become a chronic stutterer, um, and that may be sort of the message that those people were trying to to get across. And again, if you look at the research, for example, from uh, yeah. Yairi and his colleagues. I mean, they 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 demonstrated there were a lot of kids who showed signs of what looked like very very severe stuttering uh, early on that later developed normally fluent speech, and there were other kids who showed very 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 mild signs of disfluency that actually later on turned into relatively severe uh, chronic stutterers. And so, it's not that stuttering is normal, but a period of disfluency might be normal. So. It may be the right, matter right. of how the how the the words are used. Um, 
Certainly, it's but certainly some of it sounds like the the old Wendell 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 Johnson, which you'd think somebody who's been dead for now, what has it been, seventy years or whatever it's been, um, you know, you at some point somebody's influence you would think would sort of dwindle a bit, but it, but apparently Johnson seems to have have had a lot of staying power, but but the 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 idea that you know you just sort of ignore it, it'll go away, and that probably is not not very very helpful. Uh, either you know so um i i'm not quite sure what they were trying to impart there but to say totally normal uh i'm not sure and here's one other quote our pediatrician has told us that stuttering is part of normal development at this age and what concerns me about statements like that is that a parent so you've described stuttering and I quote you all the time as this house on fire moment right and I think it's ha- it's a house on fire for the stutterer and for the parent so the child is speaking right. without stuttering because stuttering doesn't start with speaking so a child a child is often speaking without stuttering for a few months or a few years and then the stuttering starts and the parents feels like their house is on fire. Like, what is going on? My child was speaking fine, and now he's stuttering, and I'm totally scared. And then right. a parent responds, hey, my doctor says this that stuttering is normal. I, I feel right. that that's not – I think it's accidentally disrespectful of, of how a parent might feel, right? I, I, mean, I mean, please please help me out. Am, am I making sense here, or do you right. – yeah, well, again, I, th- I think what it what it tends to do, s- sort of like sort of like what what we were just talking about with with the, the idea that oh, it's you know it, it, the stuttering isn't caused by by a uh, by a vaccination. The idea is that it it tends to come across as being somewhat dis- dis- dismissive. At this point in time, the parent is is concerned. I think in many cases, what the people are trying to do is they're trying to sort of reassure the parent um, that. It's it it seems to be serious. Uh, in many cases, children are disfluent, and it doesn't turn turn anything serious. You know, in other words, it's it's again, it, it's it's not so much the message people are trying to impart, impart as much as the way in which they're trying to go go about it. And so, I think that to say to a parent, or yeah, to say to a parent who's sort of in this, like you say, house on fire moment. Um, oh, don't, oh, don't worry about it. You know, you'll, you'll, you'll find, you'll find the, the, the fire exit eventually. <laughs> right, right. right. Versus, versus, let me sort of guide you to the fire exit and sort of, you know, make this, this a little less stressful for you by not just saying, oh, it's not nothing to worry about, but let me sort of give you more information about maybe why it, why it, why it might not be something to worry about or why. Normal, normal. Why seeing disfluency in children may not be a a um, an a an a a typical thing. However, if your child is showing signs of struggle, which is what this mom is saying, the the the, the child is. Oops, there goes my clock. Um, um, let's just pause for a second. Yeah, it doesn't sound great when you're speaking behind a cuckoo clock, does it? <laughs> <laughs> Well, and my and my dog is barking at the at the dogs in the neighborhood that are barking too. But anyway, um, what was I saying? It's it's your it's the it, it it's the 
it's sort of helping to guide the person out of the burning building in a, in a sort of a, of a helpful way. And so you're, you're trying to provide the necessary information so that the person is not feeling like uh, this is not something, you know, this is, this is um, something that, that can be managed. And again, as, uh, as I was saying, the, the person uh, who was writing that message on the message board, the, the child was showing signs of struggle. He was showing signs of effort. And so, therefore, it's not like oh, it really isn't this big deal. Well, to the to the parent, this this is a big deal. So, how do you deal with these this effortful stuttering, this effortful disfluency that you're seeing in this in this kid at this point in time? You can't. And when people say just just don't worry about it or, or just just ignore it, that. <laughs> You, when when your kid is in when your kid is in distress, you can't just sit there and go la 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 la. You know it, it, that that doesn't work. You know so so clearly the 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 parent needs something productive that they can do to assist their child, not just oh don't worry about it. it's this normal thing it'll all be fine. You know well when the kid is there struggling and saying the word ten times and can't get it out, you can't just sit there and go oh this is all cool I'm not I don't have to worry about it it's all going to be fine you know that doesn't work. Yeah, I, I mean, and just look how like you, you ever seen someone on their phone and they're trying to do a task that should take five seconds and instead it's taking seven and a half seconds and they're getting like totally impaired like. You know, we expect right. things to work a certain way. I'm not trying to be flippant here, but when a child yeah, when a child yeah. is speaking normally for six months or for two years, and then all of a sudden they, your your love of your life starts stuttering, it's really scary. Like, what is sure. going on here? And and I'm just so, kind of surprised that all these parents are undervaluing that fear. Which makes me think that what they are calling stuttering isn't really stuttering. So when they're saying, oh, well, my child stuttered, like, I, I think they, you're onto something when you're saying, well, they might have been a little disfluent. But I think some yeah. of these parents yeah. are confusing some disfluencies with stuttering. Well, right. And, and I, think, I think part of it, too, is the, the idea that, the, that again, it, if you if you haven't seen the child or what the child's going through again you you get this sort of de- description on this message board about what the child is you know ex- experiencing and you try to like oh it's not a big deal whatever it might be you know maybe if you, if you saw the child in person or you saw a video recording of the child and you would see that oh that really is not just like this you know a little bit of normal disfluency kind of repetitions and interjections and revisions and things like that. Um, as I say, it, it's, you know, <laughs> don't, don't, don't get me started on the internet because we don't have time for that. But but the, but it's the whole idea that p- people can be a lot more um, flippant and dismissive about things because when you have that sort of distance that the internet provides, even if these, these people know each other, it's still different to sort of, you know, correspond via this, you know, via a message board versus corresponding or, or, or interacting face, face to face. And so as a result, I think people may say things or, uh, you know, give information in a flippant way that they probably would not do if they were talking to somebody face to face. Yeah. Like the parent who wrote, yeah, not a thing. (laughs) <laughs> like that's just <laughs> exactly terrible, right. yeah. terrible. Exactly. Yeah, right. I guess yes. that yes. that should be the title of, of this episode. Yeah, not a thing. Uh, <laughs> it's just kind of crappy. 
This is Stutter Talk. Peter Wright is here with Dr. Robert Queasel. So, also troubling were the comments that were saying to the parent, you might be right. So, here's a couple. Um, Everyone is saying it's unrelated, and maybe it is. But listen to your gut instinct on this and keep the possibility open that it might be related. So, Keep an open mind that your child might be stuttering because of a vaccination. Again, Bob and I do not support that position. Uh, I know I'm speaking for you, Bob. I think that's yeah, that, okay that's right fine. now. You, you yeah. can do that. That's fine. Yes. <laughs> here's, here's another quote. A thousand people confidently saying no possible correlation doesn't guarantee no correlation. Again, you might be right, Mom. And I personally feel that parenting in this age often requires one to be able to make up their own minds about things, even if it goes against conventional thinking. So a lot of the parents are jumping in to say, "Hey, uh, we know you're we know you're not supposed to say it, but maybe this is caused by a vaccination." <laughs> so that's troubling too. So. I mean, I just tried to address all of it, and I, I tried to really point out in a polite way that there's an increase in the use of vaccinations, and there's no increase in stuttering. So right. one would assume if vaccinations cause stuttering, there would be an increase uh, in stuttering. I, I don't know if there's a better argument than that. Well, I think part of the reason we're deal- dealing in, in today's world with people who choose not to vaccinate their children because it's like, well, you sort of have to go with your gut and go with the flow and, you know, as whatnot. And, and even though, even though if you really look at, look at the evidence, the evidence strongly suggests that, you know, there, there's no correlation between vaccinations and autism or whatever other sort of disorders there might be, um, that, it's much much better to vaccinate your children. We again, we have measles popping up again. All these all these diseases that were essentially eradicated are now popping up again because there are so many parents who choose not to vaccinate their children. And again, this whole idea of like you know, li- listen to your gut. Go with you know, <laughs> you know, um, you know, y- you know better about what to do for your child than anybody else does. And it, to some extent, well, perhaps that's true. But on the other hand, if there's a lot of evidence out there uh, that flies in the face of what your gut is telling you, um, maybe your gut is sort of fighting, fighting a, fighting a, a losing battle, and should maybe sort of you know um, um, not be so. Uh, you know, uh, headstrong or whatever, <laughs> a headstrong gut. I, I guess the analogies are sort of uh, muddling here. But anyway, I think that, that uh, again, you know, that whole idea like, well, you, you know, you, parent, you, you know best, you should listen to you, your heart or listen to your gut. Um, that often is, is not very good advice um, because uh, particularly if there's a lot of evidence out there that, um, that the parent can look to and can help them t- help to, them to make an informed decision. Um, so anyway. Oh, and one comment a parent made, I'll have to paraphrase it, that I thought was a really good comment was one parent said like, hey, look, a lot of people are taught racism. And if, when you're taught racism and you see a person who's different from you, your gut might be that they're not as worthy or they're not as smart or they're not as strong. And you've got to check yourself and you've got to go against your gut and you've got to think about 
what you've been taught and how you think about the world. And I thought that was a great, mm, yeah. um, I mean, you know, it's one thing, like it's on me to be respectful to another parent, but it's also on another parent to try as best they can to think logically about these issues. Having said that, I forgive a parent whose house is on fire and they need to figure this out. Right, right. So, Bob, let me ask you one last question. This is why we call you the expert because it's going to be a hard question. <laughs> Don't put too much pressure on me. <laughs> so, let's say uh, for the graduate students who are listening, a graduate student in speech language pathology has a parent say something to them that they might think is off the wall. That So, the parent says, um, we're here today because my daughter stutters. She was just vaccinated, and we know that the vaccine caused the stuttering. Now, how would you encourage a graduate student to respond to that, or a young speech language pathologist to respond to that? Well, again, it, 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 that's a very hard thing. I mean, when you when you talk about it in the in the abstract, it's real. It's really easy to come up with like possible, you know, uh, useful ways to respond. I think when you're sort of blindsided, maybe that's not a good word, that may be a little strong, but when somebody comes to you and they, they offer that sort of a thing to you initially, uh, your reaction is to say, oh, that's, that's crazy. I mean, you, know, you don't say this many words, but you say, you know, oh, that's crazy, that that's not right. You know, you want to sort of let the person know that that's not correct. But as we talked about early on in the show, what you need to do is you need to sort of step back and say, why is that parent asking me this question? Why are they giving me this information? And generally there, there are reasons um, like the parent wants to be reassured. They, they want to be, be told that it's not their fault or whatever it might be. And so I think that you've got to you've got to be much more subtle and much more nuanced when you're dealing with a parent when they ask you these kinds of questions. And, and even though you want to initially say, oh, that's not right. Let me give you the evidence that says that it's not right. You know, here's all this good stuff that I can share with you. Let me give you some research, da, 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 da. which I think, which is what I think we often want to do because, you know, uh, certainly SL, SLP students, you know, they've been, they've been going through this rigorous program where they've been learning a lot of stuff and they, they've been taught how to do evidence-based practice and, you know, look at the literature and all this other good stuff. And, and the initial reaction you have is like, well, let me share the evidence with you so I can show you, you know, that this is not supported by the evidence. But, but again, parents aren't interested in, in the evidence in that way. They're not going to go home and, and read a, a journal article. They could, they could care less about journal articles. Um, so you, you've got to think about it. Like, why is this parent asking me this question and how can I go about reassuring them or whatever it might be. So th the initial response might be something, you know, very vague or very nebulous, like, well, you know, what, uh, why do you think that? Or what, wh why do you, you know, uh, what, what, what happened to make you think that? Or what things have been going on? And you sort of circle around it a bit um, before you sort of get to the actual question the parent is asking. And that's one of those things that, that takes a lot of experience. And I think that that's one of the skills that you develop over time is how to, how to not just jump in and say, oh, that's a bunch of baloney to the parent, but say, well, let's, let's talk about this a little bit. Let's kind of, you know, problem solve this a little bit. 
and um, and then work work with the parent to sort of you know understand where they're coming from, and then give them the information that they might be looking for to help to answer their question and to reassure them in whatever way they may uh, need to be reassured as you sort of probe with them a little bit. And it may take, you know, 15 minutes to answer a simple question like that. Um, and I think w one of the problems we face, you know, in, in our profession now where everything is based on billable hours and things like that, where, you know, you're, you, you can't waste time, you know, you need to get in there and get your, get your e e evaluation done and get on to, to the next client, um, is that you maybe don't have time to do, the, do those things that really are so important in terms of ha helping people, helping parents, family members to understand what's going on and help to reassure them and help that help them to know what to do and those sorts of things because oftentimes we're just in such a rush to move on to the next person that we 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 miss the idea that we're working with people people who have problems and people whose kids have problems and that we need to take the time that it takes to help to reassure these people to make them feel better make their 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 kids feel better as well as make them um perform better as well, you know, but, um, but I think that, that some of the skill that's been lost, uh, in our rush to, you know, generate as many, as many, uh, billable hours as we can is the ability to really sit down with people and talk to them and, and figure out their problems and, and answer their questions in a way that is right for them. So, uh, I, I do like to tell parents that, and again, you have to find the right way to say it, that you did not cause your child stuttering, but there's a lot we can do to, re to productively respond right. to, help, to help you and to help you help your child. Right. And I find that that is helpful to start to move towards what we can do to help the parent, to help the child to make them the speech therapist, to sit down with them and do the work so that they feel more confident and they feel like they're making a difference and they're trying. Because you know the, the reason you're speaking to the parent in the first place is because they're concerned and they want to help their child. Um, right, right. And last point I want to make to you, it's interesting that in this thread that, that got a lot of action on Facebook, not a single person said, oh, and check out this link to the Stuttering Foundation or go to this link to <laughs> Friends or go to the National Stuttering Association. So if it were a question about autism or um, attention deficit, parents would have websites to give out um, that they had found helpful. Right. But we're still at the point where most parents don't know the good stuttering websites. And the only person who gave a website was my wife who said, hey, you should check out Southern Talk, <laughs> <laughs> which she doesn't usually do. So, uh, But no, it, it's, it's interesting that as hard as we all work, and the, the Stuttering Foundation has a really nice new website out now at stutteringhelp.org. Um, but no, the, so they're, they're, we're, still not, we're still not breaking through yet completely. Um, we're yeah. not reaching the masses yet. Right, uh, right. Yeah, that's not the the happiest place to <laughs> end it. 
<laughs> so just rewind it a little bit and listen to all the smart things that Bob just said. Uh, yes. So, Dr. Quiesel, I want to thank you for joining us for this uh, Do Vaccinations Cause Stuttering? Let's Have Some Empathy edition. Well, th- thank you for asking me to do it, Peter, because I, I always enjoy ta- talking to you. And we, we, we really haven't, haven't, haven't had a chance to interact very much because you've been busy with other things. So I, I appreciate that you got in touch with me so we've had a chance to visit some. Me too. It was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm.